Welcome back to another segment of Trend Spotting. Today I'm joined with Chris, Tomas, and Ken. We're going to be talking about liberation and the recent dumping in Dedido. Yep. But let's start with liberation first. Sure. So, as we all know, liberation is this Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, starts with a parade. We will be having a live stream um, at 7 a.m. We have a bunch of stuff planned for that. We have a musical guest trivia giveaways we even have games at the liberation parade so uh make sure to check our booth when you come down chris yep it's gonna be a blast as always i mean you know they wanted to come hard with this uh, 75th liberation and mm -hmm. looks like that's what they did i mean you know pia mia free concert <laughs> right man <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. Carl and I have been to all the practically all of the memorials. You know, the digital team was there to mm -hmm. to capture some of that. Also, yesterday they announced the Grand Marshals. I think it's good to mention their names. So it's Roman Canata, Francisca Frankes, David Flores, all of whom are war survivors. And so wow. I think that's really special. So, there. One of the reporters yesterday yesterday asked the governor, "What does a Grand Marshal do?" What a thoughtful mm -hmm. question. Yeah. And the answer is that they're the top dignitary at the parade. So right. you know, you can cheer them on if your family's there. It would be fun. And today they announced the liberators as well, mm -hmm. all of whom you know were at Guam helping oh, yeah, liberate from breakfast this morning. Right, a GVB, okay. and then also one World World War II veteran who um, helped with the recovery after. So um, that was interesting. And you got to you got to interview each of those liberators this morning. Yeah, I believe that um, during that Sunday show we're gonna have each of their profiles. So we're, we had we we talked to each of the grand marshals and then also each of the uh, uh, liberators. You know, what's really cool uh, was how they had these different memorials. And uh, with each of these memorials, they kind of unearthed a part of um, Guam's um, war history that, like, I didn't know about um, half of these sites and the things that happened um, at the location of these uh, new memorials. So th I thought that was cool. I mean, you know, after 75 years of this uh, celebrating liberation, you would think that anything there was to know, we would know already. But uh, to have, you know, information that's new to a lot of people, of course, it wasn't new to the Mononko um, and the survivors that endured uh, those atrocities at those sites, but I thought it was pretty cool that after that long, there's still new stories that, that yearn to be told. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so definitely KUA, here at KUM, we've covered the gamut of uh, everything for liberation. So yeah. if you go to our Instagram, you'll find our Medal of Honor recipients where we look at four of uh, um, four Marines who uh, received the Medal of Honor for the services uh, during World War II, or the, during the liberation of Guam. We have um, a podcast, a liberation, special liberation podcast that you can find on our SoundCloud uh, or Spotify. Um, we also have the Survivor Series and the We Always Remember Series, which broadcast on, on KOAM three years ago and 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you can find reruns of those on TV8 as well as GNN and uh, TV1. So there's a bunch of old content that's out there and a bunch of new stuff. So Right, and I thought another thing that was pretty cool was um, last year, uh, the parade, you know, not as many floats as in um, years past, and there's been an increase in the number of floats that are, uh, which is cool because, I mean, uh, last year's parade, those are kind of over fast. Yeah, and, you know, we interviewed the mayor, uh, Mayor Ngakta, and right. he was, and it was funny, during that day, I think it was Wednesday, all the mayors said, don't come yet, we're not, we didn't really have everything up yet. Right. Um, and so he was the only one willing to show us the very beginning of what it's going to look and like. I think that's, mm -hmm. it's... It's competitive. It is, and it's not necessarily that they're not up and done, it's just that they don't want anyone to see 
the design of their flow. Yeah, and some people were like, oh, we have other things to work on, so we'll see who wins right now. But you know what? <laughs> 7 a.m. on Sunday, you will get to see those floats before they go out on the parade route. The parade route's supposed to start at 10, right? Uh, is that the... Yeah, we're going to bring you there early. We're going there at 7. Oh. We're going live at 7. So make sure you're on Facebook at 7 a.m. Yep. You'll get to see the floats. You'll get to see live musical uh, performances from like the Guam Territorial Band mm -hmm. who just won a, uh, some, won a medal. They won a medal, right? They won Australia. A, yeah, so yeah. we get them. We have uh, interviews with Lieutenant Governor, um, other musical performances, tons of giveaways. We're actually giving away shirts on the show, too, mm -hmm. so if you want to exclusive 75th Liberation Day shirt, all you have to do is uh, comment on this Facebook podcast, yeah. or uh, on this Facebook video. Make so it you a just day comment, somewhere. we're going to give some shirts away. We'll give at least five to ten shirts today. So Whoa. all you got to do, you comment on this, comment on our stream right now with uh, <laughs> either an issue that, you, and we have a bunch of issues to talk about besides Liberation that we're actually going to get into in a bit, um, but just engage with the Engage with us a little bit, and you'll win an exclusive limited edition 75th Liberation shirt. Right on. And, and, you wow, know, I thought it was going to be harder than that. I thought there was like a trivia. It will get harder. Like, oh, there's a lot of shirts on. There are, yeah, we have a lot of shirts. So, you know, you get the easy one here. I think it's kind of cool you can make a day out of Liberation Day. I mean, because usually it's you go down to the parade, you watch the parade, you know, it's over. But we're given this opportunity uh, to make it a whole. I mean, you start at 7 a.m. with, you know, the things we got going on live and the entertainment. And the parade doesn't even start till 10, so. Yeah. yeah. We're doing the pre-show. Yeah, you know, all those features, some, you know, I think one of the oldest survivors is 99, and one of the oldest liberators is 97. Still so fresh. They remember the first hour they were on the island, and they shared that with us. So, it's actually, you know, a lot of new perspectives that we're going to hear. What are some of the recurring themes? I mean, because you've talked to so many of these survivors and, and the liberators, and, and I'm pretty sure they're all kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of gratefulness, right? Um, there's a lot of also not wanting to have history repeat itself. Um, I think one thing that's new that came up today is that while we are very much in a celebratory mood, they weren't necessarily, like, happy to do it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, war is not a, I think uh, Irene Scrambulari told us this, you know, war is not a kind thing. Um, so I think among all the celebration, there's also still that, that, you know, solemnness to it of, you know, what actually happened. But um, everyone is in a good mood, and they had a huge feast. Jason was there, and it was, they rolled out the red carpet for, for Man, you know what? Okay, so the digital team has covered a few of the unveilings of these memorials, mm -hmm. and there has always been good food oh, yeah. at the memorial. It's like, you know, <laughs> they lay out like got cucumber, <laughs> daigo, like uh, whatever that's one of my salad. favorite dishes. So it was good. So, I mean, how was the spread this morning? Oh, it was great. I, don't, I didn't really have much shit. I just went for, straight for the coffee uh -huh. and that's all I needed, but it was... Uh, Jason knows. It's yeah. Yeah. I split. Yeah. <laughs> what? You didn't blue tan anything? No, I had to leave because then you took the gear and you went to go shoot the Oh, yeah. I had to shoot this morning. I mean, there's definitely a... Uh, uh, a bunch of uh, heart-wrenching and tough stories, but then also stories of like hope and, mm -hmm. and you know positivity that came out of uh, you know when we're putting together the podcast with Liberation Podcast. Like I, I think one thing that was pretty surprising to hear is like at least when I was going through all the interviews, many of the survivors were saying that they ha had no animosity to the Japanese, Japanese occupation, right. which I thought to be like. I was surprised to hear that, like, you know, yeah. especially like your brother got killed. My grandparents had animosity. But, uh, you know, so I, I was surprised to hear that. And then, you know, they all had that kind of, or a lot of them had that, 
belief that they were just leading towards like you know this was a bad part of the, of the past and mm -hmm. I hope we don't forget that you know the stuff we went through but we're moving forward you know yeah mm -hmm. Asha what's your take on it I mean I'm, I'm sure you've been around liberation but to be so deep in it for the 75th liberation it's always nice going out to the parade and seeing all of the survivors I think um, that one memorial we went to Menangan we had to walk and you know like it's not a hard walk it was very sunny and for some reason, I don't know, I just felt winded going from point A to point B, which wasn't even a long walk. But there are these, this one person who was a survivor, I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? No. Anyway, he was holding a flag <laughs> and he walked the whole first. thing. Yeah, that was crazy. He walked yeah. the whole thing. That's he like was in his stretch. 90s too yeah. and he walked with a flag, the sun beating down on us and... When I saw him, I felt like, okay, I can't complain, you know, this is, this is nothing compared to what they endured back in the day, but. Right, and then we rode the trolls. So. Yeah. Well, when we did the, uh, the two-mile Menegan Memorial Run, you know, those thoughts also went through mm -hmm. my mind when we were running oh, that. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you were running that Thanks, thanks for running. But how crazy was that? Like, you imagine if you're, you were in Jigo, like, you know, and you had to walk from Jigo down to Menegan, like, how... I mean, we did the just two the mile, like yeah. We can't wrap our minds around it because it's not just like that. They had to walk. It's yeah, that guys with guns. Yeah, and they had, yeah, they had so much yeah, and like one of the um, one of the grand marshals carried ammunition on that walk. Yeah, the, him mm -hmm. and fifteen other Chamorro men carried ammunition mm -hmm. along those two miles. So it wasn't just like. You know, just a walk in the park by any means. No, it wasn't yeah. like how it's we walked. So, yeah. Yeah, and so you hear stories of, you know, babies that were born and they had to be left on the side of the road or anybody yeah. who was sick was just left to die yeah. uh, because, you know, the Japanese kept pushing them. So, yeah, that's an interesting point you brought up, kind of, that um, because it's the 75th, there's this huge celebratory mood, but at the same time we're hearing these uh, somber stories, uh, but also those stories of, you know, survival, of hope, of, you know, renewal and... Uh, it's pretty deep. It's ridiculous. When, when I was going through, we sifted through like hours and hours of interviews, right? Mm -hmm. And like some of this, the retellings, like it's crazy. Like, oh yeah, so you know, we did this, and they tied me to the tree, and then they killed my brother. Yeah. Or something, and then like just like nonchalantly moving from this to this, yeah. you're like, you know, this is just such a, you know this happened, right? And you're just like, man, you know, can you imagine like having to to be a part of that type of experience? Like, you know? And for that generation that, you know, didn't necessarily process uh, their guilt, like, uh, you know, some of the later generations. So when you talk to these people, you can tell that it's, obviously it's very therapeutic for them. Yeah, and you know, it's also stories of tomorrow's who left, you know, right, you know, um, not shortly after that, we, like, Ken and I, Casey and I, went and interviewed someone who left Ireland for almost 60 years and is back mm -hmm. for the 75th liberation. And he was just 10 years old. And like you said, he heard his dad being killed by the Japanese. And so um, it's even stories of people leaving and then now in the 75th year coming back and, you know, sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, mm -hmm. so guys, liberation coverage, 7 a.m. Sunday. Um, and if you just want to watch the traditional parade stuff, we will also be streaming that later in the day right. uh, through our friends over at uh, PBS, right? So we'll do that at 10 a.m., I think. So, um, but so there you, are other news yeah, things say, to take care of. Oh, what are we doing? Are we doing the good news or are we doing the bad news? I think we should just 
you know what? Okay, we got a package for you. Uh, Tomas said a story earlier this week, and a lot of you were talking about it. Jace, can you roll the package? Well, what's it about first? The yeah, so Frank Mendiola, um, a fisherman from Guam, is providing um, basically free. You have to pay for the fuel, though. I know there's a lot of inquiries on the price. Um, uh, free service uh, between Guam and Rota because um, Rota only has one airline service that only provides six seats, six, eight seats a day. So Frank Mendiola shares the story of how he's uh, worked throughout the years to help people from Rota get to Guam and back. Guam resident Frank Mendiola is a fisherman, but at least three times a week, you find him transporting people between Guam and Luta. It's hard to get uh, airlines out of Guam, and there's a lot of them that are stuck here. So we, we try to help them. Frank's boat is the solution for many families who can't catch a flight on Rhoda's only commercial airline passenger service, Star Marianas, which offers six to eight seats. Most flights are already booked for the next few weeks. Now Frank isn't alone. He and about a handful of other fishermen travel between Guam and Rhoda by boat every week, sometimes even transporting caskets that are too large to fit in the aircraft. Frank rode these waters on his 28-foot boat for almost a decade. When he's not fishing, he brings as many as 11 people between the islands on the three to five hour excursion. I've done it for weddings, funerals, and you know, all, all types of uh, all type of parties. He's done more of the trips after United Airlines terminated its services to Rhoda a year ago. Their 166-seater plane only flies between Guam and Saipan. United Corporate Communications tells KUAM that it has no plans to add services to Rhoda. The demand is so great that in the middle of this interview, another family called Frank to schedule their trip from Luta. Some of the stories he hears on deck are more extreme. I got a call one day, and uh, this individual is on wheelchairs, and they want to accommodate him on the airline because he's on wheelchairs. I mean, that guy can't get off the... So we load him up on my boat, try to bring him down as comfortable as we can. He says even if it comes at a personal cost, it's stories like this that motivate him to take the journey. I work for the government, and we are a public servant for the, you know, and I also consider me doing this to the people of Rhoda as a servant, public servant. Reporting for Guam's News Network, I'm Tomas Manglonia. So yeah, we want to thank Frank for sharing his story with us. Um, it's it's something that I I just learned about when I got back trying to visit family back in Rhoda. But we also want to share some of the comments that a lot of the viewers left. We have actually surprisingly a comment from the NMI Supreme Court Chief Justice, who's also a fisherman who happens to be from Rhoda, Alexander Castro. He says, Dunk Luna, Jesus Masi, Frank, and others for providing sea transportation to the people of Rhoda. Um, Ebersina says thanks. Walter Perch says, gotta love him. Um, just a lot of uh, great um, testimonies from people, lots of uh, blessings um, for Frank for doing yeah. this for such a... You know, that was really cool. There's even one comment where they were like, I'd like to book a trip uh, from... <laughs> right. <laughs> people <laughs> flying their next vacations now, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. how long is uh, the ride? So he said with, with, with not a lot of weight on the boat, it, he's done it in two hours and three, uh, 30 minutes. Wow. With a full load with about 11 people and, you know, all the meat and everything else they bring. Um, that is about five hours. Wow, what a difference. And but you know, still awesome. United yeah. pulled out a year ago, and yeah. those 166 seats only make it to Saipan, so going to going to Rhoda is really difficult for, for funerals, and I, I even mentioned that package caskets sometimes, yeah. too, have to be brought on board. I've never cool. been to Rhoda. 
I've never been Rhoda. I'm in a Rhoda. I love it. I'm gonna go contact Frank and we're gonna do a story. Well, actually, we'll live stream from Rhoda. Yeah, when KUM was doing a Super Tech with YouTube coverage, he brought KUM reporters on his boat from Sapin to Tinian. So, Frank Frank has talked to KUM before. If you wanna look up that old story, Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank. Yes. I think we have a T-shirt winner. Yeah, we do have a t-shirt winner, Debbie Davis. Our top fan. Our top fan. Hi, Debbie. Free 75th Liberation Day t-shirt. You get a shirt. And, you know, Debbie, you've earned a shirt by simply commenting and engaging with the Facebook stream today. So if anyone else wants to win some shirts, we got, like, tons of shirts. I got a question. What is the shipping to Bartstown, Kentucky? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll get Maybe you we'll get a Just message us and let us know the size. We'll get you one of those. But we got more shirts to give away, guys. So if you want a 75th Liberation uh, t-shirt, just message us. Or just, I mean, just engage with, engage us. with us. Tell right. us what you think about Frank and his efforts to take people from to and from Guam and Rhoda. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the good news. That's the good story. Are we going to get trashy now? I, now we're about to get into the Dumps. Dumps. <laughs> Down to the dumps. With the So, you know what, Chris? I don't even think you need to intro it. Let's just play the package. Okay. I think it speaks for itself. It was hard work cleaning the illegal dump on this stretch of Ukudu pipeline near the entrance of Fern Terrace. But Senator Clint Rogel was able to do it with help from FSM and FAS community groups. Furniture, tires, refrigerators. Household trash moved from the jungle to the sides of this road. The cleanup done back in April. This morning we took the senator back to the area he helped clean up. He was shocked by what he saw, saying some of it looked very familiar. You can actually see there's bags here. Yeah. So this was stuff that was already bagged and um, it looks like it was never picked up. So it looks like animals tore through it. Yeah, these are the same bags we used. I can tell because of the way they look. Now look at the place. Dedino Vice Mayor Frank Beneventi admitting to KUAM News much of the trash bagged during the Senator's cleanup has been sitting here for two months. I'm sorry, uh, you know, my tree staff only. As much as I want to pull something out, it's hard with the big minutes I have. And I'm just saying sorry. Uh, um, I'll do my best to come back and really clean it up. Senator Rogel visibly upset, telling KUAM News he had a deal with the Dedito Mayor's office, clean it up, and the Mayor's office would pick it up. Now, there's no way to tell that a cleanup ever took place here. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Uh, it's very disappointing. I don't know what to say. It's disappointing and it's inexcusable, if you ask me. So, I mean, people worked hard here on this day. I'm embarrassed to show this to all the people that helped clean up because now they're going to feel like what they did was for nothing. Vice Mayor Beneventi says some loads were picked up back in April, but at the end of the day, it's the same old sob story. Lack of manpower, lack of funds. We took four pickup loads that day, then the next day I came back came back with another four pickup load um, with, four, uh, with three guys working, it's just hard. Uh, my equipment is down. Senator Rogel says the mayor's office should have said they needed help. Or whatever, we would have come back with people and help load. In fact, that's the easier part. The right. hardest part was gathering all the scattered trash right. from the jungle and everything, digging it out of the weeds and everything and collecting it and bagging it. That's the hard part. 
So once it's bagged and it's stacked on the side, it's kind of easy to throw those bags in the back of whatever vehicle truck or dump truck or whatever. We would have been more than happy to come out and do that. Vice Mayor Beneventi, meanwhile, says now he'll ask the governor's office to provide a backhoe to clean up the cleanup that wasn't cleaned up. We asked the senator if he would consider coming back and doing it all again. Uh, I'm not coming back here. We'll go to another village and we'll make sure to me that we did our job here. <clears throat> I'm not going to bring people back to rebag the trash they already bagged. No. Right, yeah. Especially after, you know, the, the vice mayor said they went back there a couple times, got some pickup loads, and then how do you go back there, start cleaning it up, and then get distracted or whatever for two whole months? I, there was a meme that was pretty funny. It was uh, the, loads. the bird box. <laughs> Did you guys see that meme? It was like... Oh my gosh, yes, I saw that. And said, how the mayor drives around Daddy Dog. Because, yeah, I mean, how do you drive by that area for two months and just doing their regular rounds and not remember well, that, oh, that's where they did that huge cleanup and they bagged, you know, hundreds of bags of trash they were supposed to pick up. I mean, it's closer to four months, right? We're talking yeah. like April, right? April, yeah, like, right, right. I, you know, I always try to be the devil's advocate on the show. I'm like, you know, hey, Devil's you know, advocate well, away. Let's go. You know, hey, you know, like, honestly, it's difficult to, you know, be a mayor. But honestly, I, what? <laughs> I, there's no excuse. I don't even know what to say. Like, a bunch of people volunteered their time, picked up all that trash, put it nicely in bags on the side of the road. Went in the jungle and pulled it out of yeah. the jungle. Yeah. And all they had to do yeah. was pick it up, and put it into a truck. And all they had to do was drive the truck drive down, it. get one of your guys, they get in the, the back, put it on the thing, and get rid of it. Yeah. And when we asked the governor what she's going to do, she said, well, it's on the mayors and it's on the community. So when you see the community actually doing something like this, and not being, you know, followed through. And then it's, officials it's, don't even follow through. Right. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing. I mean, how many beach cleanups or trash cleanups? That's crazy. Right. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. I didn't say you don't do it that week, maybe. Maybe it's a busy week. Right. Well, four, months. Busy four, four months. Busy four months. Yeah, it's so busy. Four months. Well, that parade's that Busy prepping. I mean, the parade is <laughs> big. It is. you got to finish building that You know what? It is the 75th liberation <laughs> oh parade. So a Mia is going to be at that thing. She you know? has like, I, yeah. Maybe Daddy Joe's float should be like, yes, I'll You know. <laughs> That's not even funny, guys. That's bad. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. funny. It's it is ridiculous. For those it's people insane. Who did the work, you know? Yeah, I felt bad for the vice mayor. Because um, obviously we put him on the spot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was nothing he could say but sorry. And, I mean, he tried, right? He was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but you only have three guys. Oh, yeah, my equipment broke down. The dog ate my homework. Is there a yeah. bigger issue that, you know, Daddy Doe, one of the most, the largest villages, only has three extra guys to help three the mayor and the vice mayor? Yeah. I mean, there I mean, was, there, there is an issue there, right? There, there was a comment a uh, from Rafa and Pinko that said, maybe Daddy Doe needs to be broken down into three different villages with three different mayors to deal with maybe. everything. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Terlahi wrote, uh, I paid the monthly tra trash bill and Solid Waste is able to pick up curbside by appointment. White waste. They also have places for you to drop off paint, electronics, and other waste. All you have to do is call for inflow. 
metallic waste can also be legally thrown away at a site in Dedido. People just need to do their part instead of trashing the island. And that's one side of it. Because mm -hmm. we hear a lot of explaining, um, trash-splaining, if you will. You know, oh, people can't afford to dump their trash, or oh, the mayors are overstaffed, or you got EPA saying, oh, it's the mayors. You got the mayor saying, we're solid waste. You got the governor just washing her hands of the whole thing and saying, oh, it's on the mayors in the community. Um, and, you know, I've interviewed the lieutenant governor on this, and he was of the feeling that Guam just needs to eat it. They need to bite the bullet. They need to put dumpsters out. They need to, you know, I mean, we've got all these task forces. Why not have a task force that, a strike force that goes out and cleans up these uh, sites or, you know, find some way to step up uh, the enforcement of it because there are different agencies that um, have the authority to do it. And that, that's, you know, something we learned in another, I mean, we've done how many of these illegal yeah, dump that's, that's shows? Not, man, you know, we've done so many podcasts. So, so many of your Tuesday podcasts has been centered around uh, just areas where littered with trash. You know, and it's just because, I mean, it's such a big deal and it's just such an eyesore. Like, yeah. And we always talk to, like, uh, Nick. Um, right. Or, you know, whoever about, like, what the government can do or what the community, the small steps the community can do to at least help alleviate that problem, right? And it sucks to see like the FSM community come out there full force. Especially if you consider the time, like, you know, there was, they were under a lot of flack. Yeah. Uh, for crimes or whatever, and they're doing this. I mean, obviously part of it is they want to get out and show people that, hey, uh, you know, we're getting hated on, but you know, people uh, from the FSM, people with ties to the FAS, they do good things, and you know, I'm, when that post went out, I mean, people, people were, were they so felt excited. good about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just so crazy to think like, okay, we, this is free. Like, pretty yeah. much the government doesn't pay for anything, right? This is free. Like, volunteers came out, gave that effort, and this is what everyone is kind of trying to be an advocate for. Like, keep Guam clean. Let's do this, right? So it was done, and we still couldn't get it done. the mayor's <laughs> office to throw it away. Yeah. Like, how crazy? Like, there's no sense of efficacy anymore. Because, like, what? Why would you want to clean up? At, like, Tomas, why would you want to clean up this area? Because well, hopefully it doesn't no one's going to gonna pick up that trash. Yeah, right. Like, but that's what the mentality would be right, like, yeah. right? Especially if you're on the fence already. You're like, yeah, well, look. Guy I, I just have, clean I, it. I'm disappointed in the lack of a response from, like, the um, executive branch. I mean, this is a huge problem. And I, you know... Man, I reach out to everybody. When I go to these sites and we do these, I reach out to senators, you know, um, reach out to mayors, reach out to people in the administration. I mean, God, we we talk this to death with the lieutenant governor, and mm -hmm. there's just no uh, real response, you know. And, and the mayors are drowning, dude. They don't have the budget. They don't have the manpower. And you look at, like, the revolving uh, recycling revolving fund, that's split equally between are amongst the 19 villages. So you have a village like Dedido, which obviously has a huge problem yeah. with these illegal dumps, getting the same amount of money as a village like Umatic. You know, so there's no um, equity, or, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. too much equity. Yeah, not a good, mm -hmm. no, just waste. I'm just tired of it, it's so frustrating. I mean, is it hard just to be more, pro you know, instead of always reacting to these dumpings, make it yeah. just easier for Folks, uh, I don't know what it's like. And that's what I, we talked with the lieutenant governor about. Right. It was like, yeah, it's at the point where the government needs to make it easier. Right. I mean, if people can't afford it, whatever, you know, that's a one issue. But I think the immediate issue is that we need to have a place for people to 
throw the trash and it sucks I, I mean I hate people who, who dump I just can't stand it I don't think there's any excuse but you know that doesn't change the fact that they're doing it you know so we can reason away and try and figure out why people do it I mean sure it's part laziness it's economics it's a lot of things it's uh, you know a lack of respect but in the meantime let's like have somewhere where you know, they can put a dumpster in it yeah, I, it's easy man. to get defeated by this story, you know. Like, dude, honestly, I was pissed. I, <laughs> this story. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's ridiculous because, like, even if you did have the dumpster, the mayor was gonna put it in the trash anyway. Yeah. Like, that is, it's unacceptable. I, I don't know what else to say. That is crazy. That's a, that's that's insane. That is what is going it's on in It's hard to believe Daddy, that this though. is an actual like, story. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, it was crazy because um, I tried to get uh, the um, environmental uh, chair, Senator Sabina Perez, uh, but she wasn't able to make it. So I'd actually reached out to Senator Clint because I knew he had done a cleanup, but we didn't know until that morning that the that area we were going to was, was where he had cleaned up. Oh, man, dude. So it was like the big reveal. Yeah, there was a part in the package where he was saying, like, Oh yeah, I think this is where. Right, he was like, "Wait a th minute, those are our trash oh, bags." Oh my god, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, I can tell those are our trash bags. That was another cool. Is it had that like kind of real time, a uh, reveal? And that's he's not going yeah. back. He's yeah, not going, no, right. It was, a, nope. it was yeah. a very sorry, Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> you blew it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh, man, I. Don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, way to end on hey, a well, <laughs> <laughs> Liberation this weekend. How about that PMEA? You know that that float is gonna look good though, man. It better right. look good. I'm excited to see what the float looks like for Daddy, right. though. It's yeah. got to be pretty nice. Well, uh, you know, nice, right? Osh, thanks for having us on your uh, show. Yeah, thank you, Osh. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, remember, you can you can catch uh, Transpotting every Thursday at noon. I want to talk about all the issues that are uh, trending that week. So we'll see you at the Liberation Parade, 7 a.m., catch our, catch our live stream, and we will see you guys next time.